Hello, everyone. We're here, folks. We're doing it. Today is the day. Today is the day of the NBA draft. I'm excited. I hope you are. Um, you know, what gets me so excited about the draft these days now is, like, just the excitement of not knowing who's coming next. You know, I love that anticipation of, oh, wow, I hope I can predict it. Ooh, I hope, what if they do something exciting? What if they trade it, you know? What's going to happen? I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see, you know? So that's what I'm, what I'm really looking forward to is kind of that anticipation. Um, I just really, oh, my gosh. Well, here it is, folks. Breaking news. Adrian Wojnarowski has just tweeted out the entire draft order. Picks 1 through 60. Show's over, folks. Going home. Not really, folks. This is Hoop Show. time welcome back to hoop show i'm your host tyler limley today is the day everybody today is the day of the nba draft tonight around six or something it is the 23rd um should be a good time should be exciting stuff uh lots of stuff going on with the draft today uh, let's just jump right into it um we're not going to talk about the draft right off the bat even though this is going to be a majority draft episode there was a trade yesterday that uh in light of the draft is the reason why it happened. Um, but the Detroit Pistons and the Portland Trailblazers made a trade. Uh, the Pistons, uh, I think, got back a bunch of picks. Um, I want mostly, like, second-round picks and, like, a low first-round pick. And then, um, and then the Trailblazers got Jeremy Grant, which I thought was, I mean... Okay, we, you get into why the Pistons did it. You see why they did it, and, but it'll make sense. But it's still, you could have got so much a much better asset package for Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant was an all-star for your team at one point, if I'm not mistaken. He wasn't a very like good all-star, and he was probably because he was playing as the only like solid player in Detroit. But um, Jeremy Grant was really good, and there was lots of, fake trade packages on the at least on the internet that would that were you know projecting these really good young players that would have to be traded for them like the shock the the Chicago Bulls were um were it was never officially reported there were a lot of mock trades where they'd have to give up Patrick Williams who they really like as a young prospect um so you know the fact that it only took picks to get that caliber of player, that was really, it, it's really interesting. But um, I, I still think the Detroit Pistons could have got more. But the reason they did it was because this clears up a bunch of cap space. And there have been some reports of them wanting to go and try to sign DeAndre Ayton this offseason. And he's going to want a big contract because he just missed out on one uh, on the Suns uh, famously last year where they didn't extend him. And um, it just now he's a now he's a free agent, you know, and now he can it clears up the road for the Pistons to sign to sign him or some other uh, big name free agent. I don't remember. I don't know. We'll do a whole another free agency episode because I do not know <laughs> every single free agent off the top of my head right now. But the um, but. The Pistons, they cleared up cap space. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the Pistons, they cleared up cap space. They got rid of Jeremy Grant, which he was not really on the timeline. He's a little bit older. He's not old, but he's uh, what the Pistons are trying to do is go ultra youth movement. You know, Cade Cunningham, whoever they draft this year, um, that kind of thing. You know, Sadiq Bey, those guys, like, Cade Cunningham's going to be like 22. Sadiq Bay is going to be like 22, 23, somewhere in there. Their draft pick could be like 19. Um, it, they're going for ultra youth movement. Jeremy Grant is like 27. And by the time Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, and whoever they draft this year, or slash and or um, 
DeAndre Aiden or the uh, free agent they picked up in the offseason, it's not really on the timeline. By the, by the time they get into their prime or into their like successful years, Jeremy Grant's going to be on the plus side of 30 probably. And so you needed to move, move on from him. But what the Blazers get is Jeremy Grant, the current version of him, the 27-year-old version, and that's exactly what you want next to Damian Lillard right now. Now, they still have the Blazers do the seventh overall pick, and I'm going to talk in the draft, this draft episode about what they'll do if they decide not to trade it. But if they do decide to trade it, they could get another good player next to Damian Lillard. Because right now, I don't like the fit of it, but you do have uh, Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons as your backcourt. If they're not starting those two together, they're trying to lose because those are your... Anthony Simons is a starting-level guard who is starting this year uh, because Damian Lillard was hurt. If Damian Lillard comes back and Simons does not start, that's kind of ridiculous. I don't think it's I don't think that's fair to Simons, who is really blossomed into kind of an up-and-coming player. Uh, he didn't he had a, a good streak of games, but it wasn't like you know wasn't like a full season's worth of games. It was um, it was definitely like a, a streak of games where he showed. Uh, huge potential, and I think he should be, I don't know, you probably start him at shooting guard because Dame is obviously the point, point guard, so start those guys. And then you put Jeremy Grant next to that, who, um, in my thinking, is like the perfect version of all the rosters they tried to have all these years before, um, in like 2017, 2018, um, the years when they went up against the Warriors in the playoffs and they didn't have a singular wing. They had the idea of Jeremy Grant. They had, like, Mo Harkless, Al Farouk Aminu as their forwards, and those were not good. <laughs> those guys were not um, great at their job. <laughs> That's unfair to say. They were NBA players. But in the role that the, um, the Blazers were trying to make them play, uh, they were not succeeding in that. But in theory, they were 3 and D wings. You know, they has provided three-point shooting defense, and they could play power forward slash small forward. In theory, that's what they could do. And in reality, they didn't get anywhere close. <laughs> um, but um, Jeremy Grant is those things right now. Um, he may not be much of a three-point shooter. He's not, he's not going to be elite, but he's going to definitely hit more jumpers than those guys. Um, he's going to provide uh, much more elite defense uh, from those positions, without a doubt. Jeremy Grant as a defender is not a question mark. As a shooter, yes. As a three-point shooter, even more yes. But as a defender, this is the greatest wing defense pairing Damian Lillard has ever had next to him. Maybe since um I mean, I can't you can't say LaMarcus Aldridge was like an incredible pairing next to him um defensively, but this is maybe the best wing they've had since LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, I've also said I've also heard someone say um, that Evan Turner is kind of like what Jeremy Grant or Jeremy Grant is what Evan Turner was supposed to be when they signed him. No, I'm thinking of a different player. That's it. That's who I'm gonna. I just messed up. I just gave you a secret uh, look into what I'm gonna talk about when I get to their pick in the draft. But anyway, those are my thoughts. Good for both sides. Detroit could have got a little bit more, but ultimately they were just trying to get more cap space. Um, so whatever, you know, good for Detroit, good for the, for the Blazers. It's, uh, you know, could talk more about the Blazers, but it's not, it's not a bad trade if they're trying to stay relevant. All right, then. So let's move into the draft. So I'm on this website, uh, Fanspo NBA Mock Draft Simulator. Um, that's what I'm going to be using to help me keep track of what I'm doing here on the draft. So I don't know exactly how far we're going to go. I don't know how long taking uh, doing an entire draft and talking about each pick would take. So we're just going to go. We're just going to see what happens, see how far it goes. So the current murmurs slash woad tweets <laughs> as of this morning were the draft order is pretty much set between it's going to be Jabari to the Magic, Chet to the Thunder, Paolo to the, to the Rockets. Um... I've had some changed opinions on some of these guys uh, since, I guess, the very first episode. Wow, that's kind of crazy to think about. Um, 
which was like a month ago. But um, I have had some changed opinions. Uh, so Jabari, Jabari Smith, uh, in my initial uh, draft thing, uh, draft talks, I said it had to be Paolo or Jabari going one and two. Chet could not be my, my first or second pick. Um, that's changed a little bit. That's changed a little bit, and we'll talk about it here in a second. But let's talk more just specifically about what Jabari's going to do with the Magic. Um, right now, I think he's really young. I want to say he's like a young 19. Um, Jabari Smith is a 6'10", uh, power forward, small forward, big guy. He's like, he's just a tall guy, but he can shoot. Uh, the thing with him, though, is he's not very big, and he doesn't have much of a handle. Um, you could argue Chet does more than him. Chet is a shot blocker. Chet is a, uh, he has a little bit of a big man handle. He is a defender. Um, Jabari Smith, I have not seen all of his defensive tapes, so I can't speak on it uh, that, you know, valuably. But I don't remember, I watched a couple Auburn games, and he was good defensively. He was just a big body, and that's in college. In the NBA, he's going to be a little bit smaller um, than the average, you know, not smaller than the average player, but uh, the average NBA player height gets the average player height grows from college to the NBA, so you're not going to be has have as big a presence. Um, same with Chet, I guess, but seven foot translates a little bit better with, with that sort of wingspan too, or arm span. Um, <clears throat> that sort of arm span translates a little bit better than uh, Jabari. I can't remember what his is, but I know Chet's is like seven four or something. You know, something wild. Excuse me. Um, so I'm not mad at Jabari going number one. In fact, it was kind of what I talked about in that first episode of where he gets to go first. It's not Chet going first. I don't think Chet is the best overall prospect. I, I do think it is a, it's Paolo is the best prospect, but I'll talk about him more in a second. Uh, Jabari is good. Jabari is good. What you hope from him is that he gets better at self-creation. Because early on, he's going to play like Clay Thompson. Like, there's no doubt in my mind about that. Like, current version of Clay Thompson, where he takes a lot of threes, and then he takes some pull-up mid-range shots. Uh, he'll post up a little bit, too, but I don't think he'll get to the basket much. Uh, that's kind of what I noticed when I watched him at Auburn a lot. He took a lot of jump shots. And that's not a bad thing, because uh, he was hitting them. He was making jump shots. You don't get mad at a guy taking and making jump shots. But in the NBA, to be as successful, to take, to be a number one overall pick worthy, um, what you hope for the Magic is that he uh, develops a bit more of a handle so he can get to the basket, which will open up more jump shots for him. You know, what you hope is that he becomes KD. <laughs> Not exactly. That's a tall task for anybody. But you hope he becomes like a version of that, like a, a KD light. At his very best, if that's what he becomes, then he succeeded. Then you won in the the draft. You know, then you won. Then you you used your number one pick overall correctly. Um, his self creation is not that good right now, uh, but he's gonna hit jump shots, and that's what he does. He shot like, I don't remember the exact percentage, but I know it was like above forty percent from three. He took a lot of them. Uh, he's one of the just best pure shooters in the draft. Not alone, just like big man. Um, but really, the the development for him that's going to have to come sooner than later uh, for the Magic to see some success is the handle. And if that is coming along quickly, then all of my criticisms of him are like not that relevant anymore. The, the only thing you can really ask more of him is defense. Because if you're a shooter who can get to the basket, get to the pull-up mid-range, get to pull-up threes, get to the basket create plays around there then all that's left is like facilitation but if you're like a, a, a rookie a 19 year old rookie and you're doing all of that then you're good but right now that would that's what for for him to become the best player in the draft he would need to be uh, is is to get some some better handles and some uh, better ways to get to the basket but i'm not mad at the magic for taking that uh chet uh he's gonna go number two to the thunder um <clears throat> I've come a long way on Chet. Um, about a month ago, I was like, he sucks. He's not going to be good. 
Uh, he's gonna well, he's not gonna be terrible. He's not gonna be first overall pick worthy, and I still don't think he is. Um, but I do think he's number two overall pick worthy. <laughs> believe it or not. Um, but so is Paolo. I I still think Chet is like the third best out of the top three. But I do ha- I have significantly um, come around on him because I question his defense a little bit with things like um, uh, his frame. Obviously, he's not very big. He got abused in some college games uh, in the tournament against uh, just other teams. Against Arkansas specifically, he really struggled because um, he got into foul trouble that game. I could talk for about an hour about that one singular game if I wanted to, but um, he was in foul trouble a lot. Uh, there were some questionable calls. As an Arkansas fan, I was not mad. Uh, they were all reasonable in my Arkansas opinion. In my normal basketball opinion, some of them were eh. You know, <laughs> some of them were eh, but, you know, Chet is still, he's a good defender. Um, I, I think he is a good defender because his length and his um, mobility, first of all, he's going to, with his frame, with his small, you know, lower weight, he's going to be able to move around and he just has to play vertical. You know, he just doesn't have to beat up on guys to, to be good, a good defender. Like if you're asking um, like, I thought this hypothetical made me um, really come around on it to the idea of it's like, we're grading Chet, you know, like, the, the, the thing is, like, he's not, how's he going to guard Jokic, or how's he going to guard Embiid? And it's like, how is anybody going to do that? How do real starting NBA centers do that right now? They don't. <laughs> like, what are we asking here? Um, Chet's not going to be, you know, the lockdown you know he's not gonna be. How's he gonna How's he gonna stop a two eighty guy? Both those guys are like almost oh, close to three hundred pounds, and they're muscle muscly and they have a lot to throw around. Real starting NBA centers can't guard that, let alone a freshman. You know, so I still think that in he's gonna have a lot of moments where uh, he defends in space. He's probably I I figure he's probably gonna guard pick and rolls pretty well because he's. He's mobile. He has long arms. He gets put in the pick and roll. He might. They might. Um. When when the big is rolling, and the point guard comes around, he's gonna have a lot of room to operate with with his arms. He kind of might do like a Rudy Gobert type thing. Rudy's one of the best rim defenders ever, but I really do think Chet can be something like that, uh, a light version of that. Um. And then, you know, my my big worry was that I didn't want him going to a team that um, was going to make him their primary shot creator. The Thunder is not that team either. The Thunder are not going to make him do that because he is a complimentary player. At the end of the day, I can't remember what player comp it was, but it was so perfect. But he's not. He, he's like Miles Turner. He's going to be like Miles Turner. That's who it was. Because um, he's going to be a better version of Miles Turner, in my opinion. Um, blocking shots. But actual defense too, not just shot blocking. Except in the criticism of Miles, um, and the three point shooting, and all that. He's not going to be your um, your primary shot taker because on the Thunder specifically, there's like three guys, three, four. If he's your starting center, you have four guys that are ahead of him probably. <laughs> maybe that's a little. Maybe like he, maybe like three guys, but he's definitely not one, two, or three. Like, you got Shea, you got Giddy, you got um, Lou Dort. <laughs> I would put Lou Dort over that. Um, you know, I think um, that he is definitely, like, a complimentary player. And, you know, it, it's definitely that, – that would probably be a good fit for him, I do think. Um, sorry, I was just looking at the draft the draft thing. I forgot to click draft, so now I was, like, looking at it. And it was confusing me. Um, so, but they do have Shea, Giddy, Darius Baisley. Uh, the funny thing is they're probably going to get, like, a pregame or, like, you know how they have those preseason, like, uh, photo sessions. If they need to get a picture with him and um, Poku, that would be awesome. That would just be hilarious. If someone said it might cause a singularity seeing those two, <laughs> two guys together, I think that's funny. Um, so anyway, the Thunder will draft Chet, and I think he is a good player 
who has a lot of room to grow. Obviously, the things for him to improve upon um, for the Thunder's pick to make a lot of more sense is the, the weight, the, the, um, the straight-up interior post defense, which he's not going to get a lot of, but against better centers in the league like Jokic, like Embiid, he's going to need some more of that. But asking him to lock up those guys is kind of a big task. <clears throat> and I think he's still going to be good. Um, I may not have explained my feelings well on Chet because they are very complicated. <laughs> I did enjoy watching him lose in the tournament, so I do have a a, um, a biased perspective of Chet as a player because of that. But um, again, I don't hope he uh, fails. I do think he's going to be a good player. It may not be immediately, and it may not be in the way a lot of people are expecting, but I think on the Thunder specifically, uh, for a team that is looking for a center, he's going to make a lot of sense. He's going to make a lot of sense there. Uh, number three, the Rockets are going to take Paolo Bancaro, who I personally believe is the best player in this draft and has been for a while. Um, maybe not. Maybe, maybe I didn't realize that at um, a month ago where I thought him versus Javari Smith uh, was a conversation. Uh, Paolo, in, in that month, I've really kind of come around on. Paolo is incredible. Paolo is, like, perfect. Excuse me. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Paolo, maybe not perfect, but he does pretty much everything. He is, um, he doesn't have the shooting of Jabari Smith, but he has the handle. But it's not like he doesn't have shooting. He is also a good shooter, as well as a guy that can create his own shot. He has a handle. He's also, like, 240. He can throw his weight around. He's going to fit perfectly on that Rockets team, who just traded away Christian Wood which opens up the room for him to be starting there and be their big man. You know, that, that lineup, those lineups of him with, like, Jalen Green, KPJ, uh, I don't know, Eric Gordon, is that who they're starting? I don't think so. I hope not. I hope they get someone else in free agency, but they just traded away Christian Wood, so it's going to be, you know, Jalen Green, KPJ, um, Paolo, some combo of other forwards, and maybe Alperun Shingun as your starting center, I think that'd be good. Your defense might be terrible. You know, I think the Rockets' defense is really going to be trash again, looking at it now, thinking about it now. But your offense is going to really take a, a next step, and you will eventually look to get some more defenders. Right now, you just want your young guys to uh, continue to develop, to grow, um... You worry about the defense later with some of these picks. And if the Rockets suck again next year, you know who's at the top of the draft that's a center and who is going to really be good and would fit perfectly on the, the Rockets? Victor Wimbamina. I can't remember. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, forgive me. I should have looked that up. I really hate it when people mispronounce names, and I just did it myself. Uh <laughs> That really, I, I'm really embarrassed by that. I'll look it up later. Maybe at the end of the show, I'll look it up and we'll see the process of me learning how to pronounce his name live. You know, that'll be important and not fun. But anyway, uh, he's going to be, Victor's going to be at the top of the draft and he's like 7'3", uh, Rudy Gobert, who can shoot and handle for some reason. Like, he doesn't make sense. He might be like Chet, but like, the version of Chet that everyone loves. <laughs> it's really funny how that works. Like, Chet is like a, a homegrown, like, uh, not homegrown. He's an American. He grows up here, goes to Gonzaga, and everyone's like, boo, thin frame, not good. This is me, by the way, speaking. That's me saying it. Um, <laughs> and then Victor is this guy in France we see from the time he's 16 years old, you know, going against Rudy Gobert from Fr he's in France, and he's going up against Rudy Gobert in one-on-ones, and he's hitting jumpers over him, and it's like, that doesn't happen ever. And we're, we're like, oh, wow, this thin-framed seven-footer who can shoot is really going to be something one day. Teams are going to really dra uh, tank, hard for, tank hard for that guy. And they're, it's, gonna, it's really going to be funny when him and Chet are, like, the exact same player. <laughs> That's going to make me laugh because I just spoke so highly about Victor. And Chet, but and I spoke so low about Chet just a month ago. But anyway, 
you don't worry about the defense because if you still suck, you're going to get Victor from France, who's going to be really fit well in your team. Um, so taking Paolo is a, an incredible uh, – the fact that they're getting him at the third pick is like a miracle, a falling gift, a gift falling in the lap of the Rockets. I've talked a little bit too long about those top three guys because um, we still have a lot more picks to go. I probably won't even do – I probably won't even get to the lottery at that pace. But um, So the next pick is the Sacramento Kings. Now, I think they're going to trade this pick. Um, they may not, but if they do take – if they do decide to um, take someone with this pick, which I think they should do um, – because they, you know, are not competing, and they, whatever. Um, I don't think trading it would be their best decision, unless they're getting, um, they're moving up, unless they're like trading with one of the top three teams, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, so, people have been saying for a long time, take the best player available. Um, Jaden Ivey is the clear number four, in my opinion. Um, Purdue guard, super athletic, kind of reminds people of Jaw and Re- and Westbrook. Um, but um, and people have really been beating up the uh, pick for fit narratives, you know. Um, but I really don't think Jaden Ivy should go to the Kings. Like that would be terrible for the Kings, in my opinion. Not that he's a bad player, because I really I think Jaden Ivy is going to be a, a really good player in the league. I think he's going to be good. Um. But the problem is, in all of his pre-draft workouts, he has been alluding to, I don't want to be picked up by the Kings. I don't want to be drafted by the Kings. Do not draft me. You know, he hasn't said that out loud, but he's like, it, the quote on him is that he said, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the worst option. Like, eh, you know, it, it, could, it wouldn't be the worst, but he's obviously like, I don't want to go there. I do not want to go to the Kings. So you don't want to draft someone that doesn't want to go to the Kings. Obviously, your team shouldn't want people that don't want to be there. That doesn't make a lot of sense. And the word on Keegan Murray is that, you know, he hasn't said anything. And he's a better fit. And I think he's going to be really good off the bat. Because they say he's a power forward on this website. He'll play small forward probably. He's not big enough, as in, like, hefty. And plus, they already have DeMontis Sabonis. So, he's probably going to be your center. Keegan Murray is going to be your – he could be your power forward depending on who you get. But he's probably going to be power forward, small forward, some version of a forward. And you're going to have uh, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Harrison Barnes out there, who will probably actually be your power forward. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo. You know, they ha- the, the Kings are interesting. I don't think about them too much because they have sucked and they always make bad decisions. I really like for them to keep Tyrese Halliburton. Everyone in the world, that's not a unique opinion. But I'm going to say that the, the, the Kings will take Keegan Murray out of Iowa, who was an incredible scorer off ball and on ball. He averaged like 20-something points per game. <sighs> Excuse me. Um, he averaged a lot of points. He was a good shooter, like 40% or so. Uh, he didn't have a good tournament if I'm not remember if I'm not remembering correctly but um that doesn't matter I don't think tournament play really carries over that much um unless you're playing against my team and then I'm going to remember if you play bad in that game I'm going to remember that forever <laughs> sorry Shed, it's just whooping um <laughs> so the Kings are going to take Keegan Murray um yeah 23 points per game eight rebounds you know that's just that's just good. That's just straight up good and a good fit. Now, the interesting thing here now for the Pistons is they cleared up that um, that draft space that I talked about them earlier in the trade. This clears the way for them to draft Jaden Ivey, who I think is going to be an awesome, 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 awesome fit uh, next to Cade Cunningham. I said like a month ago that he could be like Dwayne Wade here. Um, I think, and that's obviously hyperbole, you know, he's not going to be literally Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is a Hall of Famer, one of the best players ever. But I do think he can play a similar style. Um, 
because Cade Cunningham is going to be your point guard. He's going to be your – he may not be listed as a point guard, and Jaden Ivey may be listed as the point guard, but Cade Cunningham is going to be your facilitator, your offense initiator, guy bringing the ball up the court. Jaden Ivey will probably do it sometimes too, but he's going to be um, off the ball more with Cade. Cade's going to be doing all the stuff, the pick and rolls and whatnot. And what you want from Jaden Ivey is to excel at cutting because Cade's going to find him. Or, Kate, yeah, Cade's going to find him, and you just got to cut to the rim, and no one can hang with him. He can jump out of the room, jump out of the gym, jump out of everywhere. He can rocket launch. And then they'll, if you start off with that, then people are going to be afraid of your three. You're, you know, not afraid of your three. They're going to be trying to cut you off from the drive, which will open up space to go for the three. And I think he's a good three-point shooter. Maybe not like an elite one, but someone that can do it. And I think being an off-ball player with a mix of on-ball stuff where he can do his jaw impersonation impersonation, and really excel there, I think that's a great fit for Jaden Ivey. I think the Pistons is where he absolutely should go. Uh, I don't know if that's exactly how it's going to work out. Draft day trades are crazy. Um, but he should. that would be awesome. Um, incoming at the number six pick is the Pacers. Pacers have the sixth overall pick, um, and there's a guy at the top of the board who I think might be the most uh, worrisome because we haven't watched him play. I'm talking about Shaden Sharp. Um, then there's a guy who I'm not sure uh, is going to be good or not because his game kind of projects to be like Evan Turner, and I think he's going to go to the Blazers. Um, and then there's a guy who I watched play, and, you know, I saw that he was an athletic guy. I'm talking about Ben Matherin here. There's a lot of people that are really high on him. I don't know. I'm not sure what to do with the six overall pick. I'm not sure who's going to go there. I don't think it's going to be Johnny Davis. I just saw his name, and that'd be, that'd be something. That'd be a lot. Um, but I think, I don't know. I'm kind of doing this on the fly. I think if I had to pick, it'd probably be between Shaden Sharp and Ben Matherin. And the Pacers, if they go for Shaden Sharp, that takes the big mystery guy off the board, and you get, you know, something exciting, something uh, non-concrete. You're like, ooh, what could this be? Um, but if you get Ben Matherin, you know what you're getting more of, but he has a similar, I would say probably not as strong case for potential, I'm going with Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp, six overall to the Pacers. Um, I don't agree with this pick. <laughs> this guy, the, whoever just made this pick is stupid. Absolute idiot. Um, I don't think what I'm saying here is, when I say I don't agree with it, I'm saying I don't think he should be in this conversation for the lottery. Like, if anything, he should be like, the fact that we haven't seen him play any here makes me think he should be out of the lottery. Definitely first round still. If you're like, number one overall in your class, um, you know, then, of course, go for it. But the fact that, like, it just it rubs me the wrong way that we, we had him on a college team. He was at games. He was practicing before games and then just not playing and then just goes to the draft and become a top ten pick is upsetting because that's stupid. That's ridiculous, you know. He should have to, like, if we're going to have the rule in play, if we're going to have the rule in place that a player must have a year removed from um, from high school before they can, or, yeah, a, remove, a year removed from high school before they can go to the draft, and you go to college, because there's players that have a year removed and they just work out at home, and that's fine. You know, they're not putting themselves on a stage where they look like, where they have a chance to play and where we can have a chance to view them. If you're at home just working, just working on your game, then sure, go ahead. Go right for it, man. You know, we're, we're not expecting to see you so we can draft you later in the, you know, we can see what your draft projection shouldn't be as high, but that's your choice to not display yourself on, like, a, on a college basketball stage. What Shane Sharp did is went to the one of the best places to display your skills, as in, he went to a blue blood college like Kentucky, where you have uh, idiots watching games. You have everyone in the world, people that don't know basketball, but 
you know, people that just watch basketball um, just to watch basketball because they don't even know what's going on. That's what people watch at Kentucky. They're just like, that's good. There's always a good team, and people just watch it. So you have a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of eyeballs on Kentucky at all times, good and bad. But you get viewership, which increases draft, draft stock typically, just because more people know your name. And now he's going to become a top ten pick because he didn't play at all. I don't, I don't agree with it, but I think in theory, the ideal version of Shaden Sharp, he's a six six like shooting guard, uh, who's super athletic, really good jump shot. You know, that could be something. It might be something. And pairing that with Tyrese Halliburton, having that as your backcourt, might be pretty incredible. If Shaden Sharp is all that we uh, think he can be, or all that he's projected to be out of high school. Uh, it'd be really easier to pinpoint what he could do if he played a game in college. But he didn't, so I think in the-, the theorized version of him would fit really well next to uh, Tyrese Halliburton and the Pistons, or not Pistons, the Pacers. Um, Dyson Daniels. Uh, I did it backwards. The Portland Trailblazers are picking number seven. They're going to pick Dyson Daniels. This is what I was talking about earlier for Portland as being um, the version of Evan Turner that you thought you were going to get when you paid him like a bunch of dollars to play next to Damian Lillard. Uh, he's, they say he's a point guard. He's going to play like small forward or like shooting guard. Maybe not shooting guard, but he's going to definitely play like a small forward type role where he's long, he's lanky, his shot isn't incredible. But he is a defender. He is a playmaker to a degree. <sighs> Excuse me. Um, he's going to do a lot of things. He's going to be versatile. He's going to do a lot of things defensively. And I think if you don't trade this pick away for a certified, solidified player in the league, then I think drafting Dyson Daniels is a must uh, because he's going to be something. He's really going to be uh, something good for your team uh, defensively because uh, – Surrounding Dame with defenders, I'm saying that strange, defenders, um, defenders uh, are going to be, it, it, surrounding him with defenders is going to be really important because his defense sucks. Uh, Damian Lillard is not good on defense, and so uh, surrounding him with people that can defend is awesome, is good, and what you should be doing, and hopefully the uh, Blazers management either trades his pick for another guy that can defend or just drafts Dyson Daniels. Drive Dyson Daniels. He played in the G League Ignite too, which good for him. Um, back to back seventh overall picks from the G League Ignite last year was Kaminga. Kaminga is obviously better, but <laughs> uh, let's see. Eighth overall, we have the Pelicans. Now the Pelicans, a lot of people are saying this. Um, they have a pretty good, a pretty solidified roster right now. Like you have. Uh, CJ is going to be your point guard. You got Brandon Ingram. You got Jonas Valanciunas. You got Zion Williamson, and then you have maybe I don't know. Um, I don't know. You have some other guard filling in there because that's like your forward lineup is a lot. Brandon or Ingram, Zion, and Jonas is like, ooh, that's a lot. That's a lot of offense and defense, especially from uh, Brandon Ingram. Maybe not so much from Jonas and Zion, um, and Herb Jones. That's probably who you start. You probably make, like, Brandon Ingram your quote-unquote shooting guard, and you have, like, a super big lineup, uh, this, like, w- janky, weird, strange lineup. That's, I think that would be awesome for the Pelicans. I could talk about them all day. But what you don't really have is a real shooting guard. You do have some guards. You do have uh, Kira Lewis Jr. out of Alabama, who didn't get a lot of minutes, but he's there. He's not bad, I don't think. Uh, we haven't seen him play a whole bunch. Uh, you have um, Jose Alvarado, who I really – I love that guy. I think he's awesome. Um, but those aren't, like, scoring-minded guys. Uh, so I think someone that would fit well on this team who can be a bit of everything – and some people will say it's kind of absurd that he's fallen this far in the first place uh, – Ben Matherin. Benedict Matherin from Arizona, a uh, superstar, soft, uh, sophomore. Uh, he averaged 17 points, five rebounds. Uh, he was a good shooter, 
and a good defender. That's what I've heard from him. I didn't watch every single Arizona game. Um, so I think him going to Arizona, or not going to Arizona, going to the Pelicans is really good um, for those guys. That's going to be awesome because he does a lot of things. He's another guard. He's a shooting guard, which they don't. They have CJ, who's going to be – he's not really a, shoot, a point guard, but he's going to play point guard anyway because he's good enough at it. But having a true shooting guard like Ben Matherin, that's going to be good. And he's not just he's not just a another scorer, which he can be, uh, but he's going to probably be more of a uh, defender. You know, I think you can't have enough of those. Um, so moving on, uh, ninth overall pick, Jalen Duren. Um, I think, I think that's who they should take. I think that's who the Spurs should take. Um, yeah, Jalen Duren. Uh, he's really good. He's absolutely um, – he's one of the best big men in the draft. Uh, he's super strong. He's a freshman. He's a 6'10", 250. Um, he's a really big guy. He's really good. Uh, I like what he does a lot. Uh, he had a good game against Chet in the tournament. Um, Jalen Duran is just that guy. I don't know. I have a good feeling about him. He can defend really well. Uh, he's mobile. He's, he's athletic. He can probably go catch a lob. I mean, absolutely can go catch a lob. So I think him going to the Spurs, what he's going to do with the Spurs is going to be really good um, because the Spurs, they have Yakupertal, but I think they should move away from him. Uh, get another pick. Um, I, the Spurs are in such a strange position. They've been in this, like, this strange, strange position between, like, they have an all-star in DeJounte Murray. They have some good young guys, but they're not competing. They're not tanking, but they're not competing. They're in the play-in, but they got smoked by the Pelicans. And then they were just the 10th overall seed, and now they're here. They have the 10th pick in the draft. And you get – or that, or the, they have the 9th pick. So I think what the Spurs need to do probably, if they're not going to go buy all-in for uh, something incredible – you know, like, go get a superstar next to DeJounte Murray or something like that, then you probably just need to go super young again. I know you just did this, but you didn't do it well enough. You needed to suck more. Like, I'm sorry, San Antonio, you have to get, like, a top three pick. Or, you know, you, you either do that or you get you try to compete and you become a playoff team. But the space they're in right now where they're just picking ninth overall, taking Jalen Duran. I don't, you know, I, I love Jalen Duran, and I think he's going to fit if they're going to go on a youth movement. Um, but I think the Spurs are in a strange position, and they need to trade away Jakob Pertl, who is their current starting center, probably for more, I don't know, maybe another pick, something like that. Uh, but I do think Jalen Duran is the guy at number nine. Ben Matherin, if he falls, that would be who they need to take. Um, but in my projection... I mean, there's some people that have him going as high as, like, number five. So making him fall to number nine would be kind of wild. Um, number ten, we have the Washington Wizards, who they have a pretty solid roster. Uh, not great, obviously, because they did suck. Uh, there was that one moment in the season when they were really good, uh, kind of randomly. Uh, people are freaking out, too, uh, about the Bradley Beal opting out of his uh, contract thing. Uh, that's not a concern, in my opinion, uh, because... He's going to sign. We see this all the time. I don't know why people are freaking out. Where guys in the last year of their deal opt out so they can sign, like, the Super Ultra Mega Max or something, whatever it's called, you know. Uh, Bradley Beal's going to sign for, like, three quadrillion dollars. He's going to be the first. He's going to have more money than Jeff Bezos. He's going to buy Amazon, quit basketball, you know. He's going to he's gonna re-sign to the Washington Wizards, and they'll probably regret it because he's going to be old eventually. But... Whatever. That's besides the point. They have Bradley Beal. They have Porzingis, who had some good games, I think. I want to say he played okay with the Wiz. Uh, They have Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma was a really good player. Underrated this year. Uh, Good rebounder, good defender. Changed his game. He also averaged more points and hit some some clutch moments. Had some pretty big shots. Uh, In the regular season, of course. He did not make the playoffs. Uh, (laughs) That's obvious. Um, Who do I think they should take? Well, I don't know. 
I think um, a really good pick for them, if we're going for, for sco- more scoring, which I don't think they need. Hmm. I want someone else to get Mark Williams. But, and that wouldn't make a lot of sense next to Porzingis. And they already have Daniel Gafford. They already have a big man. Um, do they take A.J. Griffin? Maybe. Yeah, that's what they do. A.J. Griffin. A.J. Griffin goes to the Wiz at number 10. Um, son of a different NBA player, Adrian Griffin, if I'm not mistaken. Um, A.J. is a good three-point shooter. He has, like, the weirdest thing in the world where he does, like, the super wide stance on his threes, like, abnormally wide, um, which is funny to me. Um, but he's a good three-point shooter. He's a good defender. And he kind of moves like Jimmy Butler. Uh, about a month ago, I uh, read Kevin O'Connor's like draft projection things, and his estimation of AJ Griffin, uh, he was like uh, Jimmy Butler with the three-point shot, and I was like, that's horrendously stupid because Jimmy Butler with the three-point shot is the best player alive. Um, but I see what he's saying now, and the fact that like he just—he's not saying that he is Jimmy Butler but he moves a lot like him. Like, he just has the body movements of Jimmy Butler. He does not play like Jimmy Butler. He, Jimmy Butler is an entirely different player than A.J. Griffin. But I think, I get what he's saying, that he has a strong body, lower body. He has lots of good athleticism, but he's just more of a three-point shooter right now. At least early on, that's what he's going to be. But I think that's a good pick for the Wizards, who don't really have a good forward or small forward. They have KCP. He's getting old, though, so you need to move on from that. Um, but anyway, I'm running long here on this podcast, and I don't want to do an hour-long episode because that would be a lot. That'd be a long time to do a podcast for. But we're already 15 minutes anyway, so, I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll just keep talking. We'll see what happens. Uh, New York Knicks at number 11. Who should they take? Oh, wow. That's a, Yeah. The Knicks are in also an interesting spot where they could either go back to the youth movement of sucking forever and hoping they get more top picks, or they buy in more after they just bought in uh, on their previous team. I don't know. I don't know. Well, they definitely they already have. Um, I keep seeing Mark Williams, who I love. I love Mark Williams. I think he's going to be a great player. Um, but. For the Knicks' sake, they already have uh, Mitchell Robinson, who's already a pretty good... He's pretty much Mark Williams, or at least the Knicks' version of him. They already have Julius Randle, who is up and down, can be good, whatever, you know. Um, They have R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett's definitely their best player, uh, best player for the future. Uh, Could be even the best player right now if you're talking to me. Some Knicks fans, even. Um, I see Johnny Davis. I like Johnny Davis, but I don't know if he works on the Knicks. Screw it. Yes, he does. Um, More scoring for the Knicks. Um, He wasn't very efficient, but I like him. I figure he's like the shooting guard version, point guard version, whatever, of uh, Keegan Murray out of Iowa, who the Kings took at number four. Um... Yeah, I, I just think he's going to be good. I, I don't know. I see his, like, Taco Bell commercial, and that, that sucks. His Taco Bell commercial is so bad. Um, but, the, you know, I don't know. Something about uh, the NBA draft and Taco Bell uh, makes players really good. Just talk to Nikola Jokic, who got picked during a Taco Bell ad. Fun fact. Most people know this, but if you don't, fun fact. Uh, Johnny Davis on the Knicks. I think he's going to be... Derrick Rose is getting old. You can't ask him to be your point guard forever. Um, this would probably be the best point guard that um, the New York Knicks have had in a long time. Or he has the potential to be that. So I think that's I think that'd be a good pick for them. Some people say that's too high. Some people are really low on Johnny Davis. I'm probably more on the high side of Johnny Davis. Um, but moving on, number 12 pick, the Thunder. Uh, there's potential for them to move up in this, uh, with this pick too. They might trade um, some other guys and excuse me, 
They might trade some other guys and try to move up towards the 6-7 range while also having number two would would be wild, would be insane. Two top ten picks. Because they already have like a better version of what the Warriors had last year was 7-14. and 14. Thunder have 2-12 and 12 right now. That's incredible. That's insane. But if you had 2-7? and like seven? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They could get, like, Ben Matherin or, uh, I don't know, whoever I picked. <laughs> that shows you That shows you where I'm at. Oh, yeah, who did I pick? I have, there's a list in here. They could got, they could get Shaden Sharp. Oh, my God. And Chet. That would be something. Uh, you know, I'm not going to gush over Shaden Sharp anymore because I don't like him. Um, I, I dislike his choices, but he's probably going to be a good player. Probably. Uh, but this is easy for me. Uh, the, the I know I just said the Thunder have... Um, they're going to take Chet. He's going to be their big man. If they don't trade it, then they probably shouldn't take Mark Williams. Uh, that's... I don't know what to do. That was a nervous noise. I probably shouldn't make that noise in the microphone. That's not good for the listener. Um, screw it. Jeremy Sohan out of Baylor. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Jeremy Sohan because I watched him play, and he's not, you know, offensively he averaged nine points. But I see what people see in him as a defender. He's 6'10", 230, long arms. Um the thing that needs to come around with him is his shooting, his scoring, uh, the offensive side of the ball. But the Thunder are going to have more than enough guys that can do that. Um, between Shea, Trey Mann, uh, other guys on that roster. Um, and then with the addition of Chet, you're going to have more spacing as well as a better um, defense around the rim. So I think getting a, a forward that can defend the heck out of the ball, like Jeremy Sohan, with the potential to be – a, um, you know, next level, uh, maybe not next level, a decent offensive guy, then I think that's okay. I think that'd be, I think that'd be good for the, for the Thunder. Um, but if they don't take Chet, if they pull some wild stuff, then Mark Williams, who uh, is someone I love. Uh, but since the Thunder did not pick up Mark Williams with the number 12 pick, that means that's easy for me. That is, to the Charlotte Hornets, are going to take Mark Williams. Mark Williams is like, they have him listed at 6'10". That's a lie. The dude is like 7-foot something. Uh, he's, he, in my opinion, he's like a pure 7-footer. He, like uh, he has the largest wingspan. He's like 7'7 seven, seven wingspan, which is nuts. Um, he's super athletic. Uh, he played really good against my Razorbacks in the uh, tournament, in the game Duke played. Um, He's just a super, super big man. He had some, like, wild big-time dunks. I love him. I think Mark Williams is going to be awesome. I think he's going to be something really, really special uh, as a big man. And the Charlotte Hornets are lacking a big man. Um, they've been running, like, Miles Plumley <laughs> as their starting big man this year, and that sucks. That's Your team's running, running Miles Plumley. You have a serious issue. Um, so I think... Uh, the lobs with him and LaMelo is going to be awesome. Um, whoever they pick up as their coach, shout out Kenny Atkinson for just quitting, <laughs> just saying, winning a championship and going, nah, nah, I'm cool, I'm good. I'm going to stay right here. Uh, I could talk more about that because um, when Steve Kerr retires eventually, he'll just say, Kenny Atkinson, going to be the head coach. Um, if it's not Andre Iguodala or something crazy like a player coming to coach for him after. Um, but I think Mark Williams is going to be really good, and I think he fits perfectly, 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 perfectly on the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, last pick in the lottery, number 14. Uh, they have a pretty good roster. I think if they don't get injured this year, they uh, probably make the playoffs over the Hawks. They're probably already, like, I, I don't mean just, like, win that play-in game. I mean... They probably just make the playoffs like as a six seed or something. They probably lose to the Bucks, um, but I really, really like this Cavs team. Um, what they have is they have some big guys. Obviously, they run the biggest lineup ever with uh, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, uh, 
Laurie Markkinen, uh, Darius Garland, and like Terrace Levert, I'm pretty sure. Um, that's awesome. That maybe, maybe it's Isaac Okoro uh, instead of Terrace Levert, but I think I love their team. Uh, one thing you could say they need a little bit more of after the big man is just some guard scoring. Just classic, like, yeah, we need someone who can, um, outside of Darius Garland, um, hit a shot. You know, not that, like, um, Terrace Levert can't hit a shot, but he's getting older. He's, like, 30-something right now. And um, Isaac Okoro is developing into something like that, but he, at this very moment, is not. And I wouldn't hold out on Brandon Goodwin becoming that, even though he has been pretty good. I wouldn't hold out on it. Um, So I'm going to say the Cleveland Cavaliers probably take Malachi Branham. Malachi Branham out of Ohio State. Now, a lot of people aren't going to know. I didn't know who this was. I watched him play in one of Ohio State's games in the tournament, and he had a bunch of mid-range shots. He looked just like Chris Middleton to me. Like, he plays just like Chris Middleton, in my opinion. Like, he he wears the same number. Uh, He has the same, like, almost the same shooting form. He takes the same type of mid-range jumpers. I think getting a Chris Middleton-type player, um, in theory, I mean, he's a little bit shorter. He's a shooting guard. He's 6'5", 180. He's not Chris Middleton. But getting an offensive player like Chris Middleton would really be great for the Cavs, who have a lot of good players uh, on the inside. And if they can just get some outside uh, creation, slash shot-making, that would really take them to the next level. So there you have it. I'm going to recap the lottery real quick, and I'll probably end it at that uh, because this thing's been going for 55 whole minutes. Holy cow. I might I might go over an hour. Um, but, yeah, that's a lot. Um, but number one overall pick, Jabari Smith goes to the Magic. Chet goes to the Thunder. This is my mock draft, by the way. Um, if this happens in real life, shout out your boy. Uh, shout out Hoop Show. Um Let's see if it does. Um, Jabari Smith going number one over, overall to the Magic. Chet going number two to the Thunder. Paolo going number three to the Rockets. That's pretty consensus. Those three are pretty consensus of that. Um, but then you have Keegan Murray going to the Kings at four. Jaden Ivey going to the Pistons at five. Shaden Sharp going to the Pacers at six. Dyson Daniels going to the Blazers at number seven. Benedict Matherin going to the Pelicans at eight. Jalen Duren going to the Spurs at 9. A.J. Griffin at number 10 to the Wiz. Johnny Davis to the Knicks at 11. Jeremy Sohan to the uh, Thunder at 12. Mark Williams at number 13 to the Hornets. And Malachi Branham to the Cleveland Cavaliers at number 14, ending the lottery. Um, so that is my lottery predictions. I have a lot of other thoughts, um, but I just don't have enough time to go into them right now. I just don't want to spend like an hour and a half talking about that right now um shout out to the arkansas razorbacks in the draft tonight uh jalen williams if you go in the first round uh go, go to the warriors or the raptors that'd be cool the raptors don't have a first round pick go to the warriors if you get drafted in the first round i know you have choice over this obviously um so that would be great uh jalen williams i hope he, as a razorback fan i hope he goes somewhere good uh, like the raptors or the warriors that'd be awesome um. yeah that's about all I have um, draft tonight that's going to be something exciting I'll probably release another episode tomorrow uh, kind of do a back to back this is kind of my draft prediction episode and I'll do a draft reaction probably trying to go over each team and who they drafted uh, just because maybe go like a, a quick 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 reaction to each team um, because that's 30 teams that's like 2 minutes each and that'd be an hour um so yeah so anyway uh expect an episode tomorrow maybe if not uh we'll see what happens and then i'll probably go i'll go on a uh i don't know i may take another week off because i'm going on vacation baby so um we'll see i I might pre-record one we'll see you'll you'll know if i if i release one or not but uh anyway follow the hoop show hoop show socials uh at hoops underscore show on twitter at hoops underscore show underscore pod on Instagram. Um, I think that's all I have left to plug. Uh, hit the links in the bios on all those accounts and 
get all the places. This place, this uh, hoop show is available. Uh, that's all I have left to plug. Uh, thank you all once again for listening, and I hope you guys have a good rest of your day. All right. Peace out, everybody. Signing off.